Hello, friend. Welcome back to the Get the Job podcast. So excited to be back here with you another week to talk about a topic that is a hot topic out in the social media world, out in the grad school world, as we begin talking about interviews, about processes, about products we might want to take on our interview. One thing that always garners a lot of consternation, a lot of debate, and a lot of really interesting and serious feelings is the portfolio. Y'all, go into any group and ask about school counseling portfolios and interviews, and the conversation kind of goes wild. Everybody has an opinion on if you need one, if you don't, they've never been asked for one. But I have been asked for one. I put this in it. I put that in it. And it just kind of explodes into this huge amalgamation of confusion. So I'm going to tell you today what I recommend for your portfolio approach. And no surprise, it's going to be at odds with a lot of the popular advice that you hear. I wish you could see my ear quotes when I said advice. But I want to give you our take on the portfolio, not only because this is what we teach our Get the Job members and we've seen it work, but also the rationale behind it. But before we jump into that, I'd like to share with you another amazing review that we got from a Get the Job podcast listener. This podcast review came from Summer Grace 27, and they said, a must listen for grad students. Man, <laughs> that's a huge, huge uh, compliment. Thank you so much. They go on to say, as a current grad student, this podcast is refreshing and insightful for those looking for positions. Getting hired is a scary proposition, but Steph talks about what you really need to make a good impression. Highly recommend. Thank you, School for School Counselors. Thank you, Summer Grace 27. That warms my heart so much. And you're right. You know, as you think about getting hired and interviews and resumes and all the things, it can feel super intimidating. But we're doing our best here to kind of demystify the process. We want to give you a clear roadmap for all the things you need to do so that you can feel like you know exactly what's coming next. So those words mean so much to us, and I appreciate you. Guys, if you haven't given us a rating or review, that's what drives the podcast world. The podcast platforms want to see that you guys are listening, you're liking it, and you're giving feedback. So if you haven't done so yet, hop on over, give us a rating or review. I would love to be able to read your review on an upcoming podcast episode. All right, so hopping back into portfolios. Again, a lot of gnashing of teeth. <laughs> when it comes to talking about portfolios. So let's talk through what we recommend for portfolios and the rationale behind them. So today, as a matter of fact, we were working with our Get the Job cohort members and we were talking about these ridiculous portfolios that we build in our grad school programs. You might have made one too. I remember when I was in grad school, I created a portfolio that I swear was a couple inches thick. It contained some things that you would expect to see in a portfolio, a resume, things like that. It had some lessons included. It had some lesson evaluations. It had some counseling feedback statements. 
reflection papers, journal articles, all kinds of things in this portfolio. And it was it was pretty substantial. And I remember at one point being told, well, you know, do a great job in this portfolio because you'll be able to take it with you on job interviews to get hired. And I remember thinking even back then, oh, no, that that will not be happening. There is no way that I'm going to be walking into an interview with a several inches thick binder. I mean, give me a break. And I never did. But what I did do is try to boil that portfolio down to its most essential components. And it worked for me. So I kind of started introducing this idea to my interns as they were interviewing for positions to see if this portfolio approach worked for them. And lo and behold, it did. And so I know we're on to something. So first, let me kind of go over the different pieces that we recommend you include in your portfolio, all right? First thing is your cover letter. So hopefully you have a cover letter ready to go. You drafted one to send in with your resume, right? Right? Okay. So you're going to put a copy of that cover letter in this portfolio. Now, our Get the Job participants learn a very specific formula for writing this cover letter, which we also call the letter of introduction. They have several key concepts that they focus on as they're writing their letter to really kind of set them apart from the rest of the candidates. We have a method for that that is very succinct. It gets the point across and it showcases your expertise without making you sound like a jack of all trades, which is what most school counselor cover letters read as, quite frankly. So our cover letter goes in there first, and then we're going to add a copy of our resume. Now, we've talked at length here in the podcast about resumes, what you might want to include and how those need to look. We go into these super in-depth in our Get the Job program, and I don't know if you know, but we also offer resume reviews. If you go to our website, schoolforschoolcounselors.com, we offer two resume options. One is a resume review. One is resume creation. So one is for us just to review it, see what you've got already and give you some feedback. The second option are is for the the second option is for those of you that haven't quite started your resume yet. You might have sort of a quick outline in place or you might have a rough draft of a resume, but you really need some heavy lifting as far as the formatting, how it's organized and arranged, those kinds of things. I talked to a school counselor about a week, maybe a week and a half ago, who said they had been trying to get hired with their current resume for the past three years and had never gotten an invitation to an interview. And once we looked at her resume, we had a pretty good idea why that might have been. We reworked that resume, revamped it, overhauled it quite a bit. And I'm telling you right now, this school counselor is over the moon, excited, stoked for what this new resume is going to do for her. Incidentally, it was built on a Teachers Pay Teachers template. You guys know how I feel about those. Now, no no shade on this person. They were doing the best they could with what they knew, just like you are. But I want to reiterate to you, do not build your resume on a Teachers Pay Teachers template. Please do not do that. It almost never, ever works out the way you want it to. All right, but I digress. Okay, 
So we've got our cover letter in there. We have our resume in there. The next piece we're going to put in our portfolio is our best letter of recommendation. All right, notice I said best. So we're not putting every letter of recommendation in there. And you'll figure out why in just a minute as I explain this a little bit more. We're just going to showcase the very best one. And then fourth, we're going to include an artifact. Now, an artifact can mean a couple of different things. An artifact can be something that you have developed or prepared so far in your school counseling career, such as a lesson on a particular topic, a counseling unit outline, an intervention plan, something like that. Okay. These would be things that maybe you've briefly played around with. Maybe you tried it in your internship, or it could be something that's theoretical that you worked on for a class. That's option number one. It's not your best option but it is an option. The second option, and the one that I prefer to see, is an artifact prepared especially for that campus. So you have to be able to dive into the campus information. You have to be able to look at their information, their data, their statistics, beyond what is published on their website. All right, you hear that information a lot, right? Just Just go on the campus website and see what their mission is. We had this talk with our get the job participants today, as a matter of fact. It's not a terrible idea, but it's not enough. We just spent about an hour and a half walking through how to pull appropriate data for a campus, how to assimilate that data, and how to derive the campus story out of the numbers. And if that sounds fantastical, I get it. I would not have believed it myself when I first started school counseling, but folks, there is a way to look at the data and stats of the campus and determine their needs. The problem is often we see campus improvement plans, we see mission statements or vision statements or all those kinds of things, but they're not always devised by the administrator on that campus. They're probably created higher up the chain. And so what happens is campuses are publishing information about their goals that really aren't truly the administrator's goals. Does that make sense? Like it may be a part of the whole package, but if the administrator had their druthers about it, they would have chosen something completely different. When you look at the campus data, nine times out of 10, you can discern what those goals are. So we spend a lot of time teaching our Get the Job folks how to look at that data and create the story about the campus so that they know what needs to be identified. And once they get a pretty good read on what some of the campus goals are, what some of the concerns are on that campus, they can then develop an intervention plan around that goal. Now, we're not talking about anything extensive here, nothing fancy, nothing long-winded. This is nothing like the papers that you would write in grad school. Again, we walk our folks through all of that, exactly how to structure and format that for maximum impact. And then, my friends, that's it. We only recommend four things in your portfolio. Your cover letter, your resume, your best letter of recommendation, and that one artifact. Now, some of you are thinking, heck no, I'm not doing that. There is no way that I could 
distill all of my awesome fabulousness down into four documents. <laughs> right? And I get it. And, and you're right. There's no way that you can do that. But please remember this very important point. We do not want to overwhelm our interviewers. As a matter of fact, that could be one of the worst things that we could do. We want to reduce their cognitive load as much as humanly possible while still getting the point across. This abbreviated portfolio style is meant to do that. It's meant to convey the information. It's meant to show that you're prepared. It's meant to communicate your expertise, but not giving them 20, 30 pages of paper to flip through to try to find something that feels meaningful to them. Does that make sense? And I will also go on to say that all these other documents that sometimes people want to add, well, I'm just going to add this one thing. I'm just going to add this other thing. Y'all, it's not necessary. I promise you, nine times out of 10, these portfolios aren't even asked for. So if they aren't asked for, then why are we building one? Well, I'll tell you. A couple of reasons come into play here. Number one, you're showing preparation. You're showing that you're a go-getter, that you take charge, you make things happen, all by having this simple portfolio prepared. Number two, whether or not they actually read it, there's a certain understanding of your expertise just by presenting the paper. They're giving you the benefit of the doubt and assuming that you know what you're talking about if you've gone through all this trouble. And that's a very important point. But then number three, it's going to provide you a sense of regaining some control in that interview format. So the trick is, once you get asked an interview question that somehow relates to that portfolio, you work the portfolio into the conversation. All right? It's an indirect way of taking control of the conversation, of diverting their attention where you want it to go. And there's some very subtle psychological cues involved with that. But the upshot of it is you just want the opportunity to present it. So let's say, for instance, you've prepared an artifact that focuses on attendance concerns. All right, because <laughs> y'all, everybody's got attendance concerns post-COVID. So you've created this plan, this campus plan for addressing attendance concerns. All right, and nothing extensive. You have it in this portfolio and you're talking through interview questions and all of a sudden the opportunity arises where you're able to talk about data-driven interventions for attendance concerns. And you're able to work that portfolio into the conversation. You know, as a matter of fact, I've developed a campus plan for addressing attendance concerns. I'd love to show it to you. Here's a copy. Right? How powerful is that? That not only do you know what you're talking about, but you're prepared with the documentation to back it up. Very, very cool when you're able to get to that level in your interview game. So that's what we practice. That's what we work on. Things like that in our Get the Job program. And if you've ever considered joining us, y'all, you, <laughs> you need to get in there. There's a lot going on and you learn so much. We just had someone hired this last week in a completely different state than the one that they're living in. So I can attest to the fact that this completely works. So portfolios, only four items. Again, I will tell you one more time. Cover letter, resume, best letter of recommendation, 
and your artifact specifically prepared for that campus, if at all humanly possible. That's all you need. As a side note, some people ask about online portfolios. That was a big deal during COVID. I haven't heard so much about it here lately, but I think they're still around. And I don't think that an electronic portfolio is a bad idea. I think it's an opportunity to showcase more artifacts, more thoughts about the way that you work, what's important to you, position statements, those kinds of things. So if you want to throw some other information up in an electronic portfolio, I don't think that's terrible. I wouldn't really get my feelings hurt if a lot of people didn't access it. But again, making it available, nothing wrong with that. I've seen people give QR codes in their interviews so that their panel can go straight to it. I don't think that's a terrible idea either. If you're interested in building an electronic portfolio, we actually have a module in our Get the Job program that walks you through start to finish. First this, then this. This is how we can format it. This is what you should include. This is how these things play together. So we've built that program to try to be the ultimate in job interview support without overwhelming you. And I think we've done a pretty good job of that so far. So if you're interested, schoolforschoolcounselors.com slash get the job. Or you can go to the link in this episode description and it'll take you right there. You can get all signed up and join us. Our work sessions are coming faster and faster. It feels the closer that we get to the prime time of hiring season, which is now. If you haven't started getting ready for your interviews by now, if you haven't started strategizing, if you're simply trying to memorize the list of ask an interview questions, we need to talk. <laughs> And let's talk quickly because we want to make sure we've got plenty of time to get you ready to rock and roll. All right, that's all I have for you this week. I hope that was super helpful and cleared up any misunderstandings or confusion about what you might want to to include in your portfolio and the reasons why we recommend such an abbreviated version. As always, I'll be back with another episode very soon. But in the meantime, I wish you the best of luck in your job searching endeavors. Please know you can contact me or my team at any time with your questions. Hello at schoolforschoolcounselors.com. We're going to do our best to support and educate you throughout your process. And I hope you have the best week. Y'all take care. Did you enjoy this podcast episode? If so, leave a review. Thank you.